I'm going to grab my Kleenex. <laughs> Andrew threw them off my stand. Let, let's just pray together again. Um, some are still praying, and, and I don't want to cut that off. And, and so let's just continue to pray. Um, Father, I, I know that there are several in here that are dealing with, with big, heavy stuff. Father, I know that there are many in here that came this morning just feeling like everything was overwhelming and there was too much. And, and so I thank you for this time to come into your presence. I thank you for your spirit and worship and I thank you that, that when we're overwhelmed and when we don't see the next step, when we have things in our life that we don't understand, I thank you, God. I thank you, God, that we can come into a sanctuary, come into your presence and experience you, life-giving. And so I pray that for each one um, that's dealing with, with big things today. I pray that for each one that's overwhelmed. And I pray, Lord, more than anything, um, that you would be glorified um, through us today. Amen. Well, I, I want to um, go ahead and give you another announcement. I know we've done some announcements lately. Um, we've had several new staff members. You just heard one of them um, pray, Pastor Andrew. Um, but, but I've got some good news. Uh, we have a children's pastor who is planning to come our way on March 4th will be her first Sunday. It's in the newsletter. Her name is Emily Grubbs. And she comes to us from the state of Michigan or that state up north, depending on who you root for. Um, so, so she'll be with us on March 4th, and that's, that's really good news. I, I just want you to know, this is a great time. It is a, this is a good time. And I know that I cry a lot, and I know that I'm actually going to open up to you here in a second and probably cry a lot more and, and tell you a little bit just more about where, you know, some of where I've been. But, but I want you to know that, that we are blessed to be a part of what God is doing. And I am thrilled to be here, and I am thrilled to serve alongside some great people, and I'm thrilled to serve alongside all of you. And so I'm really excited for, for Pastor Emily to join us on March 4th. And, um, and so today, I, I, we actually were going to wrap up Unbalanced this week. We were actually going to wrap that up today. And, and honestly, I was, I was working through this sermon this week, and I was eight pages in. And my typical sermon is about six to six and a half pages. And I was at eight pages, and I probably had four more to go. <laughs> And so I thought, you know what, this isn't going to cover it this week, so we're actually going to extend it out next week. But I, I want to tell you that, that um, today we're going to be talking more about um, the root of how we love God and love others. Today we're going to talk about what that looks like. Next week, we're really going to get into the practical side of how this fleshes out in our relationships and the different... So, so last week, you'll remember, if you were here, Pastor Andrew had boxes lined up and it had all the things that were going on in our lives. And, and I think today we're not necessarily going to deal with each of those boxes. Today we're going to deal with big picture stuff. Next week, I really wanted to get into the nitty gritty about how, how loving God and putting God first allows us to make each one of those boxes 
better, allows us to live in that better. And so I appreciated Pastor Andrew's message last week, kicking us off in the, in the Unbalanced series. And today, I want to circle back to that a little bit. And what I want to talk about today is a shift in our mindset. Okay, so today we're talking about shifting our mindset. Because we, as he talked about last week, that our, boxes, our life has, has lots of boxes in them. There's lots of different things that you have going on. There's family, there's, um, there's work, there's church, there's hobbies, there's um, exercising, there's taking care of your health, there's, there's, all, there's friends, there's all of these boxes in our lives. And I don't know about you, but sometimes that is just exhausting, isn't it? And not to mention that you have all those boxes, and, and what Andrew didn't mention last week is that you are all, most of you are also um, reality TV or reality social media stars in the midst of it, and so we have all these boxes of family and work and all this stuff, and then in addition to that, you're all superstars, and you put your life out there for everyone to see, and it's just a lot, isn't it? Can, can we just have some honesty? Are any of you just feeling like, there's too much, it's overwhelming. So I just, I'll be honest with you. I'm gonna try to hold this together. Um, just in this, the last week, I mean, listen, I want you to know that I love God more than anything else, but I want you to know that sometimes the boxes, sometimes the expectations, sometimes the things around us can, can be a lot. And so I just want, I want to let you inside my mind. I know this is a terrible thing to do. I know that you'll use it against me, and that's okay. I, I welcome that. But I, want you, I just want to let you know the things that I have thought coming up to this message that's talking about focusing everything I have on God. I want you to know the things that have been going on in my mind. So one of the things, I, I was getting ready this morning, and I thought, what shirt did I wear last week? I don't want to wear the same shirt. So I went back and found some pictures of last week and saw the shirt I was wearing. And you know what that led me to? Man, I need to lose some weight. <laughs> like, I need to exercise more. What's, what's my problem, you know? And, and then somebody that I love very much um, the other night was giving me some constructive um, feedback on my preaching. And man, that got me thinking about, oh, is my, is my message going to be Okay. Do I need to change it? Is it going to be what it needs to be? And they weren't being mean. They were being great, and it was good feedback. But, it, man, it just set me off into this whole, like, oh, now i got to go back. Do I need to rewrite this whole thing? Do I need to make sure that it, it fits what it needs to be? And then, just really honestly, this morning has been one of those mornings where it just seems like everything that can go wrong has gone wrong. And it just seems like there's so much going on and it's so easy to get overwhelmed and sidetracked and all of that stuff. And it's so easy to get caught up in what I'm doing and being good enough and being skinny enough. And, and man, there's cameras and, and, and oh, I've, I've got to be perfect in my preaching and everything in the service needs to work perfectly. And I, I just want you to know this morning, God's presence is here. And it doesn't, I think we have this mindset. Even if we are trying to love God with everything we have, I think sometimes it's really easy to have the mindset that I've got to be this. I've got to be perfect. I've got to manage all of these boxes. I've got I've to have all this in line. And then we talk about loving God with everything we have, and it's like, that's just one more big thing. Now I've got to figure out how to put God up here, and it's a lot. 
But I want you to know that God's presence is with us this morning, and I want you to know that all of the boxes, all of those pressures, I want you to know that we need to shift our mindset this morning and understand what God's love, where that comes from and how we love God and how we love others. And then next week, we're going to veer into what that really looks like, how loving God first helps us to love each individual relationship and box in our life and, and makes them better. So we, we've got a lot of loves. And as Andrew talked about last week, um, the world around us tells us that the answer to that is we need balance. We need to make sure that all of these loves are held in check. Each of these things in our life gets equal treatment. You need to make sure that you spend enough time with your, with your kids. You need to make sure that you spend time. It's Valentine's week. How many of you have Valentine's dates planned? You need to make sure that you're, you're spending time with your spouse or your significant other or your friends. You need to make, make sure that you're giving what you need to give to work, but not overwhelmingly. Don't let it get too much of your life. And and so we have all of these boxes, and the world says, make sure you've got balance. Make sure that you have all of that straightened out. The problem is, in that model, and Andrew's talked about this, I'm reviewing, in that model, God becomes another box. In fact, we've been looking at, a couple years ago, we were looking at some studies that they had done about church, and, and whereas church in the past, people gave a lot more time and attention and effort to church, it says now that people typically will give you two hours a week. That's what you have of people. They have two hours. That's all you've got with them. And so you'd better maximize that two hours. And I'm not trying to tell you that this culture is, is terrible or... Listen, there's changing things happening, but I want you to know that, that that's, it seems like it's another box. And we're talking about, we're just talking about church. We're not even talking about our devotional time. We're not even talking about our prayer time with God. It just, it, it, if we're trying to even things out, God's going to get squeezed down to a box. And I don't think that's what it's supposed to be. My, my, friend, my friends and I, we, we laugh about one of our friends. We were talking about trying to get together with, with all of them. And this is our, my friend group that we hang out with all, all the time. And we were in a text group and we said, hey, what do you think about Friday night? We'll do this Friday night. And one of my friends said this. This is ridiculous. And we make fun of this all the time. He said, I don't know if I can give you guys a Friday night. I just don't know if I can give you a Friday night. Maybe a Tuesday night. But my Friday nights are important, Right? How often do we have this mindset like, like, God, I got all this to deal with. I can't give you a Friday night. Like, I might be able to squeeze you in, you know, right before bedtime, or I might be able to squeeze you in first thing in the morning, but God, you're talking about the prime time of my day, seven to eight o'clock, I don't know. It seems like God gets squeezed out, and the problem with this idea of balance is that it's not biblical. It's selfish. And today I want to even go further than that and talk about the mindset that creates that selfishness, the idea of this balance, the idea of all these boxes and getting them perfectly balanced, the idea behind that is selfish, and this is why. 
Because the idea that if I get all my boxes perfectly aligned and I have just enough time for everything and if I schedule myself right and if I spend this much time working out, the idea is that if I do this, I'll be who I need to be. The problem is that all revolves around who? Me. If it's all about me ordering everything, me getting everything right, that means that everything is about me. And let's be honest, let's just all be honest this morning. The number one problem that you have and the number one problem that I have, as I shared with you earlier, is too often I think that this is all about me. And I become selfish And I think that that everything I do has to be perfect and I have to get everything right. And and hear me this morning, I'm not saying that we just need to throw out all those other things in our life. I'm not saying that those go away and they're not important. But what I'm telling you this morning is we've got to shift our mindset from I've got to get it perfect, I've got to get it balanced, to I've got to love God. I've got to get that piece right. I've got to, I, I have what I need in God. And so that's what we want to talk about today. Most of the way we deal with things are, are rooted in, in self-love. And we love ourselves, don't we? I want myself to look better on camera. I, I want myself, I, I want to be liked. I want the services that, that happen here to be perfect and go without a hitch. I want our church to, to be great in a lot of ways. We love ourselves, don't we? Even if you have self-esteem issues or if you, if you feel like there are things in your life that you don't love, ultimately you do love yourself. You ultimately will take care of yourself first. You ultimately, you love indulging in good stuff, right? We love ourselves. And so there's this idea that we are, we are building this personal empire, Like all of these boxes and all of my management of these boxes, if I get it right, I'm kind of building this legacy or this empire that is, it's my life, it's what it's all about. The problem with this is we have no control over any of this because I got some bad news for you, but it's good news. It's bad news if you think it's all about you, but it's good news. It's not all about you. This world does not revolve around you. And no matter how much you try to control and put everything in balance and get it perfect, no matter how much you spend time working out, no matter how much time you spend bettering your mind, no matter how much of that you do, you don't control tomorrow. You can build a massive, massive fortune of wealth. You can work hard and it can all be gone like that. We can't control it. This isn't about us. I know that's grim. I know that's hard. But I want you to know this all is not about me. It's about God, the creator. And so we're talking about being unbalanced, following God's commands to love God and to love others and not to fit all these things perfectly, all these boxes perfectly in our lives, but to become unbalanced and live for God. While the world around us tells us and our logic even tells us that we have to do this and we have to be perfect and we have to order it, God tells us, put God first, love God with everything, and love your neighbor as yourself. 
And Jesus is the example for this. Next week, we're really gonna focus on, on Jesus and some different aspects of Jesus. And so next week, we're really gonna look more specifically at moments in Jesus' life, but, but Jesus is our example. Jesus' main goal in life was not to have everything balanced. Jesus' main goal was to glorify his Father. Everything Jesus did flowed out of love for his Father, his relationships with people, the things that he did, his schedule, all of that flowed out of love for the Father. And we are here calling ourselves followers of Christ. We are disciples of Christ. We're disciples of Jesus, which means we need to learn to be like Jesus. Tell me the part in the Bible where the person comes up and says, I, I need healing. And Jesus says, I, hold on, I got to make sure my weight's in check first. Jesus, I, I need you to preach, I need you to teach to me. Hold on, I'm kind of busy, I've got this over here to do. That doesn't happen because Jesus' number one thing is love of the Father. And everything Jesus did flowed out of that love of the Father. Jesus was unbalanced. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Jesus was unbalanced because it was all about the Father. There weren't these boxes that had to be perfect. So I want to go back to the text from last week, Matthew 22. Andrew went 34 to 38. I'm going to go into 39 and 40, but I'll start with that, 34 to 38. And so the Pharisees have come to Jesus and they're trying to trick him. And verse 34 says, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together, one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And so we talked about how that comes from the Shema. This is, this is the crux of this whole series, love the Lord your God. With, our, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Jesus says, number one, put God first. But he goes on. See, the Pharisees, often, as often is the case, they got more than they bargained for. They came asking one question, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus gives them two answers. He doesn't stop with the greatest commandment. He says this, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. So I just want to put a picture up here for you, okay? All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Everything else hangs on these two commandments. So think about putting a picture up. Okay, you all have put pictures up in your house, right? And if you have these two sides, if you have loving God with everything, but you don't have loving others, how's that picture going to hang? It's going to be crooked. Or if, if you're trying to love others, but you don't have that love of God, how's it going to hang? Crooked. And so it, all of the law and all of the prophets and everything hangs on these two things. Before the beginning of time, this is something I read this, this week that was really cool. Before the beginning of time, before any of us or anything happened, God's plan was that we would love God and love others. That was the divine plan and everything else 
hangs on that. And so this week, I want to talk about how those go hand in hand, how loving God with all our heart, soul, and mind goes hand in hand with loving our neighbor as ourselves. So first off, let's just talk about who is, who is Jesus talking to? He's talking to the Pharisees. Who are the Pharisees in Scripture? The Pharisees were religious folk, and, and they had all of these rules. Man, you think you're overwhelmed with these boxes? The Pharisees had hundreds of rules that they had to follow down to the T, and they thought, if I get all of these rules right, I'm good. And the Pharisees were these religious people that worked and worked and worked and tried and tried to be perfect so that they would be good enough. And they asked Jesus, what's most important? And he says, it all hangs on these two things. Love God with all your heart and love others. Their main concern, the Pharisees, was their spot in the kingdom. Their mindset was, if we order ourselves, if we get these right, then we will be okay. And Jesus says, shift that thinking to love God Love others. The truth is, the Pharisees were pretty good at rules, but they weren't really good at love. They weren't good at loving God and they weren't good at loving others. They were more, hey, if I'm doing my thing, I'm good. And they were more exclusive in keeping people out. And so Jesus says, love God and love others. And I love, there's a, there's a part there in there in verse 39 that says this, and the second is like it. So he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. And the second is like the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. What does that mean? What does it mean that loving God with all our heart, soul, and mind is like loving our neighbor as ourself? Well, the word like there is, the word is actually homoios, and that word is translated resembling or corresponding. And so that loving God with all our heart is resembling or corresponding to loving our neighbor as ourself. And so if we ask ourselves, why did Jesus give the Pharisees two answers instead of one? Why did Jesus say not just the, the he could have stopped and said the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Boom, we're done. But Jesus goes on and adds his own words of, and the second is like it, Love your neighbor as yourself. And so why does Jesus give us two? The answer is because you can't separate the two. They go hand in hand. You cannot love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind and not love your neighbor. And you can't truly love your neighbor with true, perfect love if you don't love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. They're, they resemble each other. They correspond to each other. They can't be separated. These are one and the same. And so the more we love God, the more we're rooted, like we talked about in January, in relationship with God, the more naturally that we will love others. I want to look at um, 1 John 4, 16 through 21. It says this, God is love. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete 
among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. And here's the, the colon. In this world, we are like Jesus. So the way that love is made complete and perfect in us is if we are living like Jesus in this world. Verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And so we talked about the Pharisees and how they had all these laws, and the truth is the Pharisees thought they had to get it perfect or they weren't good enough. They thought they had to get everything in order or they weren't good enough. And this says if, if fear is your driving force in love, then it's not real Perfect love, real love, drives out fear. And so I want us to shift our mindset to understand that our love for God and our love for others should not be based on fear. It should drive out fear. If we love God, it should drive out fear in our life. And so a couple thoughts. God is love. The more we're connected to God, the more we're in tune with God, the more we're rooted in God, the more we will understand love because God is love. And so we cannot, as I said a second ago, we cannot perfectly love each other if we don't love God with all our heart. Why? Because God is love. Now, some of you might have been listening to this. The next part says, whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. And so some of you are thinking, hey, I've seen people that, that love others. I, I, I love some people, so boom, I'm good, right? I check that box off. But then there's this, this second hard passage that says, the way that love is made complete in us is this, that in this world, we are like Jesus. I don't know about you, but... I love people, I love, you know, I, I love my wife, boop, I'm good. Wait, I gotta be like Jesus? That's pretty tough. And, and so we have these two sides of it. And, and I have two thoughts. Number one, I think we are all capable of love on some level because I think we are all created in God's image. And so uh, one of the thoughts that, that you might hear other people say is, there are people that aren't Christians that love other people. There are people that aren't Christians that are good people that have love, and that's true. And I would tell you that I believe we are capable of some level of love without even knowing where that comes from. That comes from God. In the same way that you are capable of creating a beautiful piece of art without knowing that your artistic ability comes from God. So we all have the capacity to love. We all have a little, a little bit of that, that, that inside of us. But in order to become perfect in our love, we have to be like Jesus. This idea of, of no fear in love, I was thinking about um, the relationships in my life. And I remember in, um, in ninth grade, yeah, maybe, maybe it was 11th grade, I'm sorry, my junior year of high school. And, and there was a girl that I really liked at high school, and all of a sudden, things worked out well, and we were dating. And man, I gotta tell you, I was living in fear. <laughs> I was living in fear, because I thought, man, I don't wanna mess this up. I gotta be perfect. If I do something wrong, she, she won't love me anymore, and it'll be over. Now, let's fast forward to the love that Megan and I share. 
man, it's awesome to know that I don't have to be perfect for my wife. I'm not. <laughs> I'm far from it. I'm so thankful for my parents, my, my mom and dad, who I messed up plenty of times. And you know what I love about my parents? I never once had to question whether they loved me or not because they had a, per- they had a love for me that wasn't based on me getting everything perfect. Real love drives out fear. First John goes on and says, <clears throat> chapter 4 says, we love because he first loved us. So I, this is the shift that I want us to get today. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. That's tough language. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. And so just starting there, we love God because God first loved us. That's an incredible thought. I want you to wrap your mind around that this morning. We are capable of loving the people around us because we first experienced love. And where I want us to get this this mindset shift is that if we think we got to have everything perfect in order to get that love from God, we're going to expect everyone else to get everything perfect in order to have our love. But the truth is you don't have to have all your boxes balanced. You don't have to be perfect for God to love you. God loved you before you were ever created. And when you understand that, there's freedom to love others. We love because he first loved us. The truth of the matter is, if you understand God's love and grace for you, you have to be loving and graceful to others. Loving God and loving others cannot be separated. It doesn't mean you have to agree with everything. That doesn't mean that everything has to be perfect in your relationship, but it means that you need to have a love that's not based on them earning your love the same way that you are loved even though you haven't earned God's love. And so loving God and loving others cannot be separated. We do not love God if we do not love others, and we cannot love others perfectly if we don't love God first. And, and so loving our neighbors. This is, this is a thought that I have for you, and, and I want you to all think about this. If you have a problem loving somebody else around you, What you really have is a problem loving God. I want you to understand that this morning because I think we call ourselves Christians and we say, I love God, but then if there are people in your life that you have trouble loving that you don't have love for, you've got a problem in your heart with your love for God. Let me kind of show you how how I think this works out. So, so let's say that, that somebody disagrees with you. Let's say that, that, that somebody has a difference of opinion and all you gotta do is get on Facebook or anywhere else, um, watch the news, whatever, and you'll see this. People that disagree with us, people that have a different political view or religious view, it's very easy to be threatened by those people and have trouble loving those people that think things differently. 
But when we understand that our love comes from God and it's a free gift of grace and we didn't earn it and we're not perfect and we're not right, there is room to love the person you disagree with. And so somebody can be different than you and you can love them because guess what? You're not perfect. Maybe at work you think you should get a promotion, you should get bumped up, and somebody else gets it, and what is that person to you? They are a threat. But if you understand that God's love for you is not based in your performance and your earning, there's no threat there, and you're free to love them. If we truly love God with everything we have, this is really wordy, I'm sorry, I wrote this, you can tell it's my quote because it's not very good, but listen to this, if, if we truly love God with everything we have, then there is nothing we need to worry about in others' actions except how we can be a source of life and love for them. Think about that. There's a big difference between worrying about what other people do to you and your life being dependent on what other people do to you and understanding that your life and your love comes from God and you don't need other people to cater to you. And all of a sudden, because you have love from God, you have the ability to pour out love to others. All you need to worry about is how you can love and pour love out to others. And so I want us to shift our mindset because I think the Pharisees were sitting there and, and they were trying to figure out how they could earn God's love, how they could be good enough, how all of these boxes could fit together. But for us, I want us to understand that true love comes from God and you don't have to be perfect to experience God's love. In fact, if you did, we'd all be in trouble because I know you <laughs> and you know me and we're not perfect. God's love is unconditionally given to us. And so I love this quote. In loving God, we open our heart and become an everlasting source of love and joy for others. The Pharisees were all about how can I earn? How can I be perfect? How can I do this? How can I get everything balanced? How can I get things right? If we really love God, it's not about me. It's about, it's about God pouring love out through me. And that's what, that's what I want us to be. That's what I want to be. I don't want to be concerned with my weight, and I don't want to be concerned with everything being perfect. You know what I want for, for this, these services? You know what I want for God in my life? I want to know God's love. I want to experience God's love, and I want you to be able to feel God's love in me. I don't want you to walk away from here thinking, man, that guy's, that guy's awesome. He's got it all together, and he's in such good shape, which he's not. I want you to experience God's love. I want God's love to pour through me because I don't deserve God's love and you don't either. But God gives it to me so I want it to go to you. We've got to shift our mindset from getting all of our boxes in a row to understanding that everything comes from God and God we have all that we need and then allowing that love to permeate everything else in our lives. This morning, 
the best thing that you can do for your family, the best thing that you can do for your job, the best thing that you can do for your friends is to get the love of God right, to understand God's love for you and then to allow that to transform the way that you think and the way that you do things so that God's love can be poured out to others. Next week, we're going to look at some specific moments in Jesus' life. Jesus was the perfect example of this. Jesus wasn't worried about his own personal things. Jesus was worried about honoring the Father. And guess what? That led Jesus to the greatest act of love ever, giving his life on a cross for you and I. And that wasn't just because we're so awesome. That was because Jesus loved God first and through loving God, it transformed him to love others. So, so that's where we're going to go next week. We're going to look at these boxes and we're going to figure that out. But today, I just want you to get this right. So this week, I want you to pray. This week, I want you, I know January was our prayer emphasis, but this week, I want you to focus on one thing in your prayer, and that's this. God, show me your love for me. Show me how your love for me is not dependent on these boxes and how I perform in these boxes. And then God, when you've showed me that love, help me to pass that love to others. That's your prayer this week, okay? God, show me your unconditional love that I don't, I can't, and I, and I won't, and I don't have to earn. And then allow me, allow that love to change my life and pour out to those around me. That's your prayer this week, okay? Father, I thank you for the opportunity to worship and serve you today. Father, I thank you that I thank you that you love me even when I don't deserve it. I thank you, Lord, that even when I feel overwhelmed and even when I mess up and even when I'm not good enough and even, Lord, when I, when I, I love you with everything I have but I'm, I'm missing the mark and maybe I'm struggling in my love for other people, I thank you, Lord, that you have unconditional love and I pray, Lord, today that each and every one of us would experience that love in a way that frees us up that we don't have to be perfect and we don't have to have everything in perfect order. And Father, I pray that everything in our lives would flow out of your love, your love that is perfect. And I pray that as we understand that more each day this week, as we pray to you this week, that we will, we will feel your love and your grace and your presence. And I pray that that would flow out of us and transform us to where we can love others in that way. We love you, Jesus. And we pray that you would, you would help our minds, our, our focus to shift away from, from this all being about me and what I can do and to be about your love and what you give us. Lord, I love you and I thank you. Amen.